0: Hello and welcome to Under the Skin from Luminary Media. I'm Russell Brand. This week on our episode we're speaking to Kip Anderson, the co-director of investigative documentaries Cowspiracy and What the Health, both of which are on Netflix and might turn you into a vegan if you're not careful. Here's some personal promo tonight, if you're listening to this Saturday, day of release. I am performing in... Calgary, Go to RussellBrand.com. If you're like, what? I'm in Calgary. That's weird that I'm listening to this and I'm in Calgary and I've got nothing to do this evening. Go to RussellBrand.com and get your tickets. I'm doing one show at 6, one show at 9. There's tickets available. If uh, you want to come and see me in Los Angeles, I'm releasing shows every so often. They're always little gigs. Sell out quick, so keep an eye on social media, by which I mean the uh, Rusty Rockets on Twitter. True Russell Brand on Instagram. And follow the YouTube channel for near daily videos poking their nose in and telling you how to live your life so go to the Russell Brand YouTube channel as well if you want mentors that's available in the US and in Canada and Rebirth is on Netflix that's my personal promo dealt with now let's see what you had to say about Bishop Stephen Cottrell who I spoke to last week about many many subjects the art of uh the brilliant British artist Stanley Spencer, but Christianity, morality, ethics. It was an interesting chat. What did Philippa Berry say? Philippa Berry went, I loved listening to Matt Rusty Rockets, talking with Bishop at Stephen Cottrell on Under the Skin. Such a great podcast series. Just unequivocal praise there from Philippa. That's the kind of comment I like. Sheelzebub2 goes, I think I've known Sheelzebub2. Have we had that comment from Sheelzebub2? The image is like a sort of a joke of Salvador Dali. Loved the Under the Skin with Rusty Rockets and Bishop Stephen Cottrell simplified the idea of God and Christ so well. As some of the higher power twelve step programme, it was enlightening and reassuring. Hashtag recovery posse. Thanks, Sheelzebub. Lorraine Simpson says to all of us, Hi Rusty Rockets. Was just listen just listen to this week's Under the Skin with Cottrell Stephen. Deeply moving and insightful conversation. Felt like a loving arm was put round the shoulders of this East Anglian not posh a bit country the class war rages on lorraine simpson it rages on it was a a fascinating conversation with a a lovely informed gentle and kind man of god what more do you want from life well you're going to get more because it's time for kip anderson the filmmaker and uh, this is a good conversation about veganism. Challenged him outright about the naysayers and the people that said that, for example, some of the facts in the film, what the health were bogus. He's standing his ground as Kip Anderson, and I'm still not eating eggs. So uh, have a listen to this episode on the skin. Hope you enjoy it. Trying to achieve equality with the annihilation of category is not a no, successful that, route. Yes, that's, that's, that's exactly right. We're in this era where it turns out we were never the boss. doesn't look like an ideology. What's beneath the surface of people we admire, of the ideas that define our time, the history we are told. And welcome to Russell Brand. Under the Skin. Kip Anderson, thank you so much for coming on Under the Skin. I'm very very happy to have you here. I appreciate it. Not as happy as I would have been if my digestive system was flying high on omelettes. It was um, what the health is. I've not uh, had any. I became vegan after what the health, hey? I was sort of on my way in some respects, ethically and ideologically. But uh, I suppose the story that the film told about the collaboration between those agencies that provide health information on diabetes heart disease and cancer the way that they're funded by meat industry dairy industry processed and processed meat in particular that sort of resonated with me so deeply and so aligned with the way that I feel power operates and collaborates in order to you know operate according to their best interests that that was it that turned me over so both thank you and damn you for that. Had to tell me what the experience of uh, how your life changed since that film. Well, have you seen
1: *Calspiracy* yet? Yeah, that was before though, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, in a way, that's more dear to me because that, if anything, I would that came before. But the thing that people lose when they watch what the health is, they think of what the health a lot of is as a personal health thing. Um, and, and, and the story arc goes into, sure, it's about personal health. That's mind, body, and spirit. And we go into, of course, the physical aspects of it. But it takes a story arc to when you're truly healthy, your family's healthy, your community's healthy, your planet's healthy. And that's where we eventually go to North Carolina um, and, to, and go to the places where people live by the pig farms that are getting destroyed. My dad lives in North Carolina. And so people get caught up on this personal health thing. Of course, it's, you know, it's the leading cause of, of most illnesses, but you really have to take the look at the whole picture of following that film through the end to really get the whole picture of what true health is and then ha- really have to watch *Calspiracy* to get the whole picture of really what's happening with this industry and the collusion between not only the American Diabetes and you know uh, American Heart Association, but also the Green Pieces and the Sierra Clubs. I mean, they're all... They're all inclusion in some way more, some way less, but they're working together because uh, you know, at the end of the day a lot of it's about money and it's about funding and it's about how many how many people can I get to join my club and people don't wanna hear that if you're I mean, this kind of going to the conspiracy environmental impacts, is that wow, if I can say no to a plastic straw, but if I'm the one doing it with my diet, I don't want to hear that. I want to, I want to, I'll give money to these guys. I don't want to, you know, give money to these guys who are telling me that I might have something to do with it and to have a real transformation, a real change where I'm actually changing something within myself. A lot of it's like, I'll give them some money to stop a dam in the rainforest. I'll give some money. I'm doing my part. But when the end of the day, the biggest thing you can do is in all respects of environment health is to stop eating animals and for the of course the animals themselves hmm. what started you off uh it started 11 years ago I think well actually now about 12 uh, at the same time it'll happen in Cowspiracy I show the uh it's a real true story it just happened six years later I had to kind of recreate the beginning I saw a video called meet your meat that's not narrated by a. Uh, Alec Baldwin, of all people. And it was the first time I was eating a cheese pizza. I was a hardcore cheese addict. Mm. And I was eating cheese pizza. I didn't want to watch it. And then it showed how the dairy in the industry separates the baby of, uh, calf from her mom mm. and all the, about how eggs were, egg, eggs were made. And I just threw the pizza across the room. And then at that same time, right after that, I found the information you see in Cowspiracy that not only is it just ethically horror, horrific, environmentally it's destroying our planet like no other and then i dove deep into that and i was super pissed off that the nonprofits i was supporting greenpeace and sierra club uh said nothing about it and then that kind of led and then health came later i didn't even think i was gonna be able to live i didn't i truly didn't know you could be healthy being vegan at that time um so health came later at that time i was like if i can go I was so outraged that um, it was like if I die within a couple years, it's worth it because I don't want this this path of blood just leading to my grave. And I visually saw a grave and just just trees falling over, animals being killed, and I'm like, I just have to stop this. My life isn't worth this.
0: Quite a religious person, hey?
1: No, not really. I mean, I used to think I was somewhat spiritual until I met someone in India, and she's kind of like the mother Teresa of animals. She works. uh, She's a Gandhi and spends seven days a week, 14 hours a day helping uh, dairy cows in the sanctuary. And we asked her, so are you, after this great interview, are you spiritual? She's like, no, I'm not spiritual. So like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, all right, well, none of us can ever say if she's not spiritual, I can't say it. But I'm uh, definitely interested in spirituality and but not, not necessarily, a would say religious and some other than like Sufism bringing all, I like the best of the buffet of all the best of
0: me too like but the uh, idea of having a vision of a sort of a pathway of blood and sort of ravaged forest leading to your own grave and then sacrificing your own behavior that's sort of i don't know it doesn't seem like a sort of a secular materialist or humanist perspective so i suppose it's a sort of a, a religious worldview devotion like i just mean in terms of the principles of it i once um was staying in Cornwall in England and like it was near a farm and there was a terrible noise from the cattle or cows, you know. And uh it turned out to be the day that they separated the calves from the mothers and like I went back to look at what it was. And like it was so viscerally impactful of like the sort of sound of it. It felt sounds like, you know, separating Children from their mothers, that's what it sort of sounded like, and then they were sort of paddocked off. And it, you know, it's all obviously completely normalized, I suppose that's what sort of part of what agriculture does uh, and is. And uh, you know, the feeling of how wrong it was. The C.S. Lewis, when writing about Christianity, talks about sort of how God is a sort of almost an abdominal response, you know, not good, like it doesn't talk about God as in, right, I'm just going to teach you, you know, don't be cruel to people, be nice try and practice kindness you know it's more like something happens in your belly and you think that's not good (laughs) like it's part of your blood and your dna and your bones and your brain and your consciousness that's how i feel with those cows so like um i feel like you're having that kind of reaction to stuff and you're very devoted to the particulars of uh, getting any animal exploitation or commodification in fact of animals out of your life and that's your mission right
1: uh, it's one of yeah that and also to, to in a way it's almost a selfish thing when you get into the environmental impacts of us being around for much longer sharing the planet with with uh You know, on the flip side of these, I love cows, but in a way, they're an invasive species. Almost like they're thousand-pound locusts that are coming, come in, and have just been ravaging, destroying our planet. So it's also. Um, One to save humanity, if I want to say, you know, of, of our species that we we have no choice other than to stop eating animals. Unfortunately, even since Cowspiracy came out, you see it starting to take shape really quickly, like everything else is happening. The consciousness, collective consciousness of this planet, it's realizing, okay, the truth is coming out. So. Uh, the good thing is is it's happening now.
0: Do you think that's happening? What makes you think that? Oh, I mean, <clears throat>
1: since Cowspiracy, I remember that, that when that film, What the Health was controversial. That at that time, Cowspiracy was really controversial. And we got into, like, debating against people. And at the end of the day, uh, you know, we had to give up to start a new film. And then now, four years later, almost every single thing in that film is is just common knowledge. Um, the one thing I would actually like to say on this podcast, or the, the one thing on that film is... The big one that people try to refute is grass-fed beef, is that grass-fed beef is good, and animal sequestering, I don't know if you know about animal sequestering, is we need to rebuild our soils, and the best way to do that is this famous TED Talk by Alan Savory, and it sounds good, um, and what it is is that animals, by eating grass, they basically shit out manure, and this process helps rebuild this, build the soil. And it is completely false. It's a complete scam to the point where we've had all these debates. And just to make it official, I've done this personal to personal people, but to make it official to anyone, is where we have a hundred thousand dollar, not even a bet, that will give you if you have a cow or any other animal on a certain plot of land. And you, we use the same amount of water, the same amount of land. And on this side, we'll have a thing called veganic agriculture of just plants. We will grow more, more tons more pounds and we'll grow more protein than, and our soil will be healthier after one year. That's an important thing too. The soil will be healthier by, you can do tests mm-hmm. than any animal sequestering. Because once and for all, it has to be, there's no more debate. It just has to be a challenge. And people won't take us on the challenge because I think at, deep down they know.
0: What about the, when I went on Joe Rogan's podcast, we talked about your film, i would not long been vegan. I've still not that long been vegan. We talked about like... Uh- sort of there's been you must know because it's you that's like, sort of claims of you falsified or altered or changed data around stuff what's that
1: well that's a funny thing too is um we did a public um reaching out to anyone who's ever said any try to do a refutal or rebuttal against the film to try to refute the facts we will do a public online unedited debate with any of our doctors and anyone that tries to come out with the film about refuting any of the claims, because they're all completely sourced, if you go to whatthehealthfilm.com forward slash facts page, go to the sources and facts, it's all there. And a few people said they would, and then when it came down to setting up a date, everyone denied. To this day, no one will publicly do a debate. It's all talk, talk, talk. And we'd love to. And the big funny thing about all these things, when I was on Doctors, the show Doctors, when uh, we went on there. They all try to get us, me and Dr. Garth Davis, with facts saying our facts are wrong. The facts that they were using was one, for example, the uh, the egg an egg study was funded by the egg industry. So they're giving us facts that we actually, we're like, this is in the film. They're giving us studies that are funded by the animal agriculture industry, and they don't realize it. So these people, whether they know it or not, they're nutritionalists that are that are taught things that are that are taught that's filtered through this industry like think about it when you're when you have an enemy, you don't fight them, you infiltrate, and so that's what they've done with, with the environmental organizations and through the health rather than fight the diabetes association we'll let's somehow you know uh you know work with them somehow
0: so there's it's interesting in a sense it's not an ethical uh or dietary. Or even ecological matter is an economic matter. It's are economic interests vested in. We need to in maintaining those industries, in spite of health risks, in spite of ecological impact, in spite of cruelty. So each one of those arguments has to be diffused as it arises. That was one of the you know that like I'm particularly disposed to believe like if i hear like oh yeah that's because uh you know it was funded by the egg industry or whatever the eggs was like the thing that i didn't want i didn't want to give up eggs i didn't want to give up cheese and in fact to tell you the truth in spite of all my claims to spirituality it wasn't you know i know that it's cruel i saw that with my own eyes that cow thing it was only when i realized oh man that's the whole thing's a blag we shouldn't be eating this stuff the only reason that we're getting this information is because it's it's economically germane for them to be able to keep selling eggs and dairy products and so you you're saying or oh, any like when afterwards there was like these um, various sources refuting you're saying all of the information that's refuting it is sourced by funded by infiltrated by meat industry dairy industry there is no new because I said, like you know when i think about it, i think who who's funding those who's funding like uh tests and uh, to to refute that no yeah know. exactly
1: where's the money in refuting that eggs aren't good when our dairy isn't good when it's like these billion meat when it's a billion dollar industry you know think about it. well i just was reminded i think it was one of your podcasts you're talking to someone and they're talking about back in the day information was was um the truth was withheld by simply not giving out information but the time we live in now, it's the exact opposite. Now they flood us with studies, flood us with information. It's the exact opposite. Yeah. And now we're confused. We have this in the film. Now you're confused. Oh, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to go back. Well, well, we don't know. So no one knows. I'm just going to go back to do what I'm doing. Yeah, do what's so easy
0: and comfortable. Yeah.
1: And so when you think about it, they have they, they they have the most powerful marketing agencies. They know what they're doing. and and we have in the film where they're targeting at a young age like the tobacco industry did. So people it's so funny when people try to refute the in, in the film they don't realize that they're being taken, you know, they they don't realize that in, in a way they're puppets of this industry and it's like you got to you got to liberate yourself and see clarity that like wow, I don't want anything to do with this, any part of it. Yes. And, and and I argue that it, it it is especially when you're taking conspiracy uh, and the ethical spiritual side of this whole argument, it is the most important thing. And it's one that, you know, listening to Jordan Peterson, Sam Harris, Sam Harris talks about it sometimes, about animal ethics. Jordan Peterson thinks animal rights is is not even, should be a thing, because they can't be reciprocal. And when people forget, humans are animals. Humans are animals, so when you say animal rights, we are animals, so it's all part of us living in harmony. And it's the most important thing I think we really have to address, not only for our health, but mainly for our environment and our survivability of a species.
0: Sometimes I think people, it's hard to make people respond and change to kind of blunt, pragmatic arguments, you know? Like, Like, I want to believe that it's okay to eat omelets. I want to believe it's okay to eat cheese. Like you know, uh, over a slow period of trying to become vegan, various times. I eventually, you know, it, it was your film. You know, like okay, right and now, and, I've, and it's kind of it's sticking now. But and and once you stop eating those kind of foods, it uh, like I suppose the the appetite for it diminishes. Do you think that? Uh, It's like that by giving people information, by giving people education, you can can change them. Or do you think it's more like, because when you talk about like we are animals, we shouldn't eat animals. It makes me think it's asking people to change their perspective on reality. Like saying, look, look, don't see the world as just commodities that, that are there for you to consume. Don't look at human relationships as a commodity. Don't look at animals and the planet and the Earth and the soil. Everything is like, oh, this is useful. You know, it's it's odd, isn't it? Because we tend to have these conversations and debates on territory that's been circumscribed by our opponents. They've said, you know, this we're doing this for rational reasons, health reasons, whatever. Like, and in a way, when I say a spiritual argument is uh, is one worth considering, what I mean by spirituality is we learn to value invisible. Uh, Ideas that are somehow timeless over visible material ideas that are grounded and tethered to the temporal like, you know, honour, dignity, decency, kindness, love, things that are bigger than me have to be able to trump like I fancy eating that what's the point I should just acquire as many utilities and as much power as possible it feels to me that what you're doing is chained to a bigger idea and I'm curious because you are a yogi right you know, and you're interested in spirituality, and that's sort of where you're taking your career or at least your storytelling career next. So, I want to see how those two things fuse, other than just the pragmatic, rational don't eat animals. It's environmentally unsound and it's bad.
1: Yeah, well, It's interesting too, I was uh, listening to Yuval and talking about the AI and where that's going. And I think a big thing is, is to, to get a reflection of who we are as a human, you know, you have to look in the mirror and you have to basically, it's the humans need our own psychologists a psychotherapists to talk, you know, collectively talk about us. The, a good way you've all has shown this is through AI of, of, AI you know, in almost a science fiction's way is our baby that's learning from us. So other people say they've used an example of aliens coming down and saying without knowing anything about uh, uh, this species humans or anything. And they would come down and say, okay, here's, here's, here's a bunch of these, we'll just call them animals. And 10% of these animals are, are enslaving the other 90% and they're put they're they're killing them and then they're eating their flesh. And that's the one. Of the, and then, other than that, they're driving these things called cars around. Those are the two biggest takeaways from our species. And so, AI, if it's learning from us, and as it gets to, and the reason why we can do this is because we're higher than them, the hierarchy. And so, if AI, once AI starts developing its own, uh, you know, wisdom grown on its own, if you will, that's kind of happening. You see in the movie Her, where it's where it's starting build on itself of of, of what's what's building once it reaches the point where now it's smarter than us but it learned their moral fabric from us it says okay this species that i learned from is killing other animals because it's lower than them and this is okay to do so maybe you know again there's like science fiction but so is it right that now since this species this ai species whatever you want to call this uh species can now kill us just because we cannot literally we cannot talk to this species that's so beyond us it's talking beyond our verbal language Mm -hmm. they can kill us now because we can't talk to them or we can't reciprocate in the way that they would like us to reciprocate so that's kind of like where the future of uh of a good way to look at it of just because we're hired doesn't mean it's right
0: it's like what the way we run things whatever we tell ourselves about the way we run systems domination is what's underneath it if you can do something do it and and many of the successful institutions even ones that are there to uh, resolve problems like for example the diabetes association or greenpeace are have had to find ways to function and operate within the dominant systems the dominator system is establishing what's you know, is, is establishing what's acceptable yeah i, I see your point that, and that ai would necessarily be like, or not necessarily be but could be a reflection of that and that if we are it's a like and again this is why i return to spirituality because i feel like fundamental change taking place on the level of the individual identity is what is what's vital like for me like yeah. <laughs> Like from, I'm starting to try more and more not to be dominated by my own thoughts about who I am, about what I want, about what I need. I know when I'm ang- anxious or depressed or needy that the first thing I have to do is believe that I'm a separate entity that has requirements. Sometimes it's easy... To let go of the idea that I am a separate entity that has requirements rather than to continually try and fulfil them. Now, I recognise I need food and oxygen and shelter and those basic things, but that's not what dogs me mentally. I'm mentally dogged by like a potentially limitless amount of need. And it feels to me that this is the system that's being socially replicated like need and domination dominate in order to fulfil your needs maintain the narratives that continue to serve the dominant I would like to challenge a few things though because like you're as well as being like a, say an activist and a spokesperson for these you know, these issues to, uh, through which you have achieved public prominence you are a filmmaker and a storyteller and in my experience of storytelling and in mean, filmmaking which is nothing like the experience that you have there's a sort of a a requirement that we create narratives, that we create stories, and the creation of his story is the emphasis of certain information and sometimes the exclusion of other information. Do you not find that that like even just then when you said the dominant things like we drive cars, we eat animals, like other people might say, no, it's like architecture or we tell stories. You know that there are so many ways of perceiving something as complex as human life, and your uh, bias, and it's not one that I disagree with. I'm just. Point now is we got to stop regarding animals as a commodity for ecological reasons, possibly for spiritual reasons, for health reasons, for economic, you know, you've pointed out and elucidated very well. So where do, where do you cop to, own up to, or, or are aware of your own tendency to narrativize?
1: Well, that's a good example. Um, there's so many things that, of course, humans do. It's more of a, of a collective whole of, of those examples. There's tons of things. Um other than that, with both films, we did our best. And again, Calspiracy, you see a better example of us looking to interview, say the, the, the side that will defend it's good to eat animal product or say for with health, eat animal products for your health and Cowspiracy for the planet. And they, they will deny, they just will not, they will not accept a, a, a request for an interview. And that's where the point where we've decided to go public where it's unedited unedited debates where it's public where there's no editing involved. So people say, Oh, we don't know how you're going to edit it. Um, so we're looking for it to really get clarity and the truth out because, um, it's really just based on truth. You know, sure. I, 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 I do this for multiple reasons, but it's, we're looking for the other side. And I think that's why the films relate to a lot of people is that I'm coming from someone who I've been there. You know, I've been, I was eat meat eater forever and ever and ever. And I come from that side. So I see what it's like. And it's as a lot of empathy for that side. And we're looking to see another way to have this discussion with people who, who want to defend this way of uh, whether it's environment, health or social or spirituality. It's just very tough to get that other side. But I, we're really looking for it.
0: What about that guy that came out the other day? Was he called Tim? Uh, what's his name? Jen? Who came, like a Tim Sheaf? Yeah, have you seen that? He came out the other well, really recently. He just says, oh, he's not going to be vegan anymore. Yeah. Do you know? What well, do you think about that?
1: Oh, I, well, I mean, that's there's a few of those coming out. Ones their extreme. I'd say it's more their plant based. They're in the for they're they're dieting. So kind of on a health aspect, what happens for some of the people, say like Jordan Peterson too, who who like, I eat I, I, you know, animal flesh and I feel good. Well, what's happening is their butt, their gut, it's called gut flora, their, their, their bio, their, um, let's just call it gut flora. You have like an uh, ecosystem in your, in your stomach. And we talked briefly about this in the film, but it can change. It's not something you're born with. They used to think you were born with this. Um, but you can change it within just a few weeks. So, for example, Tim, he was doing urine therapy where he's drinking his own urine for uh, several years. <laughs>
0: this yeah. guy's out there. Yeah.
1: And then he was doing things where um, he fasted for 37 days on just water and then doing fruitarian. Um, you know, th- you can't be strictly 100% fruitarian. The people who have come out saying not vegan anymore, it's not that they're not vegan they're, you know, they're, they're, they're resolving, trying to resolve their, their gut flora issues and thinking that it's being vegan. It's like, no, you can't just only eat raw, uh, fruit a hundred percent of the time. You can't drink your own urine. You can't do any of these fasts. And if you want to truly be vegan, like vegan, I think is more an ethical standpoint than a diet, then you would do everything you can to, to contact one of the doctors, especially someone who's a social influencer, contact me. I talked to Garth Davis yesterday, uh, because I was going to be on this, talking about Jordan Peterson and anyone else, because I knew this would come up. And he says, if anyone has an issue that they supposedly can't eat fiber or they can't be vegan, there's a few doctors that we can refer them to. And uh, other than one in thousands of people might have some issue all these people like a Tim and a Jordan Peterson, they absolutely, if they want to be vegan, they absolutely can and not survive. They can absolutely thrive. So it's just something that he decided he's, he's all about self and experimentation. Um, so he's now experimenting with this and he's going to find out down the line. It's not something that he aligns with because I know I'm friends with him. It's not something I know he more aligns with and he's kind of gotten off course and people think... Uh, you know, one of these grass-fed beef things is, is okay because you're killing less animals. I just want to address that because that's one of the things that they're yeah, up you hate
0: that. That's really on your mind.
1: Well, because the thing that's been coming off is like Tim Sheaf and these other people who, who, who've jumped on this bandwagon. You're killing more animals through plant agriculture. It's like cows eat seven times as much food globally, just cows alone, than humans do. They eat plants. So if and the plants that are being, it's genetic. If you're against GMOs, the first thing you can do is stop eating plants because most of all GMOs goes to plant feed. So if this is a concern, and yes, some animals are being killed through this, they're mostly being killed to feed to feed uh, these these animals. But so okay, grass fed, you don't need grains. You can go freely on the grass, but a grass fed cow needs around five acres up towards to in our film. I said this on Joe Rogan, and he, he didn't realize. I said this part. A farmer in the film said this, not me. A farmer said in his in his uh, farm in either Montana or Wyoming, it was fifty acres for one single cow, one single cow. So what happens when you have a cow and just grass? You need about five times amount of land than factory farm. So what does that mean? No other animals can live. Um, all. All flora, all other animals, all all uh, predators uh, have to be have to be completely killed off or taken off this land. And if you took that cow off, that's why I was going back to the challenge. You can grow a fraction of veganic agriculture and grow more protein and more more uh, weight of food and by poundage, and let the other revert back to its natural forest, bring back in the insects, bring back the the carbon sink of the plants that are coming in. There's two
0: extremes, isn't there? There's one, the individual, I'm thinking about this now. On one hand, there's the individual experience of like someone like any of us that's just like, fucking hell, I don't want to be vegan. It's a pain in the ass. I like chocolate. I can't be bothered. It's too much trouble. I'm going to have to change. When I think of like sort of when I think of older relatives in my family, like I go, yeah, I'm vegan now. And I'm thinking of raising the kids vegan. They don't like that. It's almost like, you know, because we've got some questions here about, like, and you said yourself, like, vegan is almost more an ethical or ideological perspective as opposed to a dietary one. But almost not being vegan is a, an ideological perspective also, whether unconsciously or consciously. And you notice that with people's reaction to it. Like, no, hold on a minute, what the fuck? You know. It's
1: a great point. Melanie Joy, uh, she wrote a book called Why We Love, what is it? Why We Love Dogs, Eat Pigs and Wear Cows. And her, the term she comes up with is, everyone talks, you know, you're a vegan. And she said, no, we're not a vegan, you're a carnist. And she came with the term carnist. And in about 20 years from now, and it is happening that fast, in 20 years from now, people, it'll be, you're a carnist still? Like, really? We have all these plant food, like, possible beyond meat, all these foods that do everything that you can to do, and you're still eating an animal? Did you so it's see like my friend cars. Simon Amstel's
0: film? Simon Amstel is an English comedian he, and filmmaker. He made a film called, uh, what's it called? Carnivore. No, it's of course cool more than that. It's but brutal and more brutal than that. Anyway, or comedy or uh... it's a, he imagines a, f- a a future in fifty years' time where it's weird if you're not oh, vegan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's yeah, a good, he's a good that. guy. He's a really, really he's a good, sure he's a good filmmaker, and that yeah, that was kind of his perspective. So yeah, people are like yeah, it is a sort of a it's an in, quite a deeply entrenched belief system. But then the other extreme of it, as you say, is industrial. On, on the one side of it, there's the the producers of this of these products, and then on the other side of it, there's the people that heal us from the numerous diseases that are caused but in part you know, perhaps a significant part because there's lots of like you know I'm sure that there's studies, but also I remember hearing something about uh, in the Second World War, the occupation of France, the German occupying force took all of the French uh, fa- farmers' access to cattle and stuff, so they just lived on vegetables and like over that four year, five year occupational period, cancer, heart disease, yeah. diabetes all sort of dropped out. And they're like, oh, I that's think it was weird. Finland, yeah, 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 really, is yeah. it is that, where that happened? So, so like, um, you know, like, but like how? At the, at the industrial level, like, you know, like sort of, you know, the agricultural industry are powerful in the United States of America, but the pharmacological in, or pharmaceutical industry even more powerful. Like, if you are sort of serious about that fight, that's, don't you think, Kip, that ultimately what you're talking about is, we need to pick apart the very fabric <laughs> of the way that the United States of America and England or whatever is organised. You know, it's not like we just need to take out. You know, because like you're pulling this thread, and it leads to oh, big farmers got too much influence in the way that government policy is organised. Agricultural lobby too much influence. We need to stop that. Well, that's now we're talking about how you govern the country. So, yeah, well, people
1: talk about like government and things, policy made from the top top up. But I think a lot of it is like anything. It comes down to money, and it just comes from what. What we do collectively will influence them at the end of the day these these big animal agriculture my i come from a a, a ranching far of uh lineage you know and I, i'm empathized you know from uh, from idaho it's not that they want to raise and kill animals it's they right. have to make a living and so as these new plant-based foods and products come out and as it goes up the dairy industry is starting to collapse you have example dairy farm i can't remember what it was a dairy farm converted their dairy farm into now a nut uh, milk farm and you have these uh um, I'm part of a nonprofit uh, uh, called Rowdy Girl Sanctuary we do. It's called the Rancher's Advocacy Program, where now they're converting their chicken coops into growing mushrooms. So so it's almost this next stage of, of, of what's happening. Dude, not even for ethically, they're just like, this isn't making money. You know, mm-hmm. this is being subsidized or it's destroying our tax dollars. Um, what is the next what's looking two, three steps down the line just for me to live and my family to live, uh, you know, economically and for the environment? And um so that's kinda of why I'm saying it's already happening because when you have economics involved, when you have beyond meat having the biggest public offering in the last what, twenty years, that's when it's does like What does that mean? They uh Beyond Meat, have you had one of those? Yeah, Beyond Meat? yeah, they're good. They went public on on um, the stock exchange a couple weeks ago, and it was the fastest rising you know IPO uh, initial public offering since twenty years. Wow! And that's when it's like, okay, this is on. That's when the uh, uh, Tyson Foods they they've bought interest into uh, Beyond Meat. Now they're doing their own. McDonald's is looking to do it. Uh, Burger King is now having Impossible Foods. Now it's just like all about economics as well, because at the end of the day, too, real quick, is the uh, at the end of the day, it's cheaper. You take subsidies away. It's cheaper to feed humans on plants. And that's going to catch up and it's catching up now. If the
0: same players that ultimately ran the meat industry become the power players in this new industry, do you imagine that they're going to suddenly have a new ethical position or they're going to find the cheapest way of producing the most plants, oppressing the most people and creating it in the cheapest way as quickly as possible? Because I would guess that is what will happen.
1: They they will. And that's those, you know, and then it's a freedom of choice of, okay, let's give our dollars to these organic, uh, these organic farmers because a big thing of GMOs, the reason why I have GMOs, you have to feed these billions of... Of animals every single day so you can't mess around so you have to do these genetically modified so they do you take that away wow, we have all this land now and now we have a lot of room to convert these farms. We don't need uh, GMOs. We can do it to organic agriculture. And so that's happening a lot faster now. Some of these old dairy farms and old farms are, are looking to turn into veganic, uh, because veganics almost one stage past organic, veganic agriculture and vegetables and, and make more money because without subsidies, all these industries collapse.
0: With a magic wand, do you think you'd like want to change policy so it became mandated veganism or do you think even if you had that option it's better through education and incremental change at the level of individual choice
1: uh, it'd be nice both I guess, especially for the environmental impact and for tax dollars uh, uh my, my friend who i'm actually working on one of the films with he just told me in the uk Here's an example. It's so a crazy stat of of all the lamb and sheep. You know, you go you drive through the UK and you see this beautiful big plot land and the sheep. Oh, yeah. everyone's happy, I happy love those guys. Yeah, yeah. And so the <laughs> so all that all that sheep produces 0.4 percent of the calories of the UK, yet takes up as much land as all the food crops, grain, vegetables, fruit in all of the UK. Yet they only produce 0.4 percent. And the reason why is because the UK is subsidizing them, I think, to the tune of three billion dollars, to uh, to keep these around. And and they and the way you get this subsidy is that the you can't have trees on your land, so it encourages clear cutting your property um, to have sheep on it. Then you get the subsidy. So it's encouraging deforestation. And my friend is saying, I guess your health care system is around three billion, I'm sorry, pounds, three billion pounds in debt. Thank you. Thank you for honoring (laughs) the pound. And so the amount of subsidies they're giving to raise and kill sheep for 0.4% of of the calorie intake, that $3 billion is the same amount of money that the national health care system is in debt. It's like difficult. how crazy is that?
0: It's pretty crazy. It's pretty it's difficult to change a racket, isn't it? Once people have set up the infrastructure for right, everyone's eating meat, everyone's drinking milk, everyone's eating mono crops. Don't fuck with it. You know, yeah, Like, once, like you know, they have to sort of resist it, subsidise it, hold it together. Pretty similar, in a sense, to um, the, what happens when there's an economic collapse, you know, like on the stock market. Oh, no, we can't have this fucking thing fall apart. Quick, inject it, hold it up. You know, like the, these systems are maintained because... I suppose it, we live in constant resistance of this awakening that you earlier mentioned. It's as if a new thing is trying to be born. Hey, we shouldn 't eat like that anymore. we shouldn't live like that anymore. We don 't need nations anymore. We need smaller units. People need to have democratic power. People need to have a more spiritual experience. people's life can't be organized around industry anymore because we 're past the industrial age. we 're in a new technological age. But people are gripping on, gripping on to the past because there are people that sit on the top of structures that do not want those structures pulled down around them simply because those structures are now obsolete
1: yeah that's what you see you know, people say oh, it's getting ready to happen I, I feel it really started happening on 2012 and so these films coming out is just kind of a perfect timing and it is when you have seven and a half billion people where just a hundred years ago we only had a billion people we have oh, and, hell. Isn't
0: it? Really? What yeah. a century ago? This
1: hundred years. Yeah, one point five billion. I think. Why it, the hell's
0: the population growing so quickly? <sighs> it's not good. That's too yeah, many. It's too many. Right. No more people for a week.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. But so, so when you have this many amount of people and the information age, we literally are becoming. We are becoming one. on I mean, the spiritual. We literally are. And to to live, you know, on a selfish level, another hundred years, we have no other option but to raise ourselves to this next level, whether it's, you know, selfish reasons or ethical, spiritual, whatever you want to call it, um, the next consciousness just to survive because with this many people killing 10 times the amount of that of animals, it just, it can't go on for much longer. And so you're seeing it happen around four, it, in 2012, this starting to collapse. I mean, I think as Yuval is saying, uh, um, about how there's less there's less war less being wars being uh, people being killed than ever in the history you know modern history or, or thousands of years right now so you're seeing this collective consciousness starting to arise and it's happening fast it's happening fast so people look at the bad you look at the trumps i see the trump is that last like a zit popping it's the last the last form of just coming out of this last former part and, like
0: the core of the boil yeah, yeah once you've got that out there's that little nice hollow bit you <laughs> see the blood in it like
1: they're <laughs> just gonna pour in some nice you know liquid gold and some sun but <laughs> and you know and i'm not even and i'm not political my dad's very pro-trump and all that and i don't get into politics because i just believe in you know and i'm not even, it's just doing the best everyone's doing the best they can
0: i agree with you you know and i feel that what preceded how we got into this situation whether it's Brexit, the apparent rise of nationalism, uh, the kind of political rhetoric around Trump it, it can't be extracted from its immediate precedence so whatever, you know, like people there's no question that aesthetically and, and to a lot of people's tastes Obama was a much better face for America and a much more appealing politician but the simple truth is is it led directly to Trump and people can't I, it's interesting to be in this country and watch the way that media talks uh about politics because it it's still ca- ossifying the polarity there's still no discourse about well okay this has happened so i must enough people must have felt alienated angry whatever enough to want that so we're gonna have to how we gonna? What's the way we're gonna reach through this? Get over this? And I myself, I'm interested in transcendence. You, are you a Kundalini yoga teacher? Then
1: I did. Well, I did Jivamukti yoga teacher training and Kundalini yoga teacher training under Guruk. I remember I used to used to go to Golden Bridge. Uh, oh, I love that place. We yeah, tell me so about
0: great. both those two types. What is? Uh, what's the first one? Well, J- Jivamukti. J- Jivamukti
1: yoga is. I guess someone would say it's like the yogi's yogi uh, uh, lineage where it's all about the eight limbs. Um, Sharon Gannon, she wrote a book called the v- uh, Yoga and Vegetarianism. It's just an example. It's not like their whole foundation where it shows out every single limb of, of, of um, the eight limbs of yoga from non-stealing. Himsa is the first one. And then non-stealing, uh, not lying to, you, all these things all can relate back to not eating animals. Um, obsessed. And that's <laughs> yeah, yeah but that but that's just part of it, also you can go with the environment too anyway, it's all based on the eight eight limbs of yoga, and I really like that that aspect of it and then when you look at the eight limbs, asana, which a lot of people, oh, I'm a yogi, but they do asana practice, and that's about it. It's like, no, you're an asana practicer practic- practicier, practicier, but are you know not and I'm not to call myself a yogi, I'm doing my best to follow these. But um, so they're really all about when you learn these, going to yoga teacher training, all late limbs, not just focusing on one. So a lot of these I did that and then Kundalini Yoga, as you well know. It was really just to get myself in alignment because I've been working on tr- attempting to make Cowspiracy for about four years before that. And I mean, and something just wasn't quite there. So I felt I needed these tools to do it. It wasn't even to be the yoga teacher or anything. And once I went to India and did Kundalini Yoga training, that was just like, Activation. Ten months after I got back, I was trying to work on that for five, six years. Ten months after that, I met Keegan, who made the films, both films with. There's no way these films would be done with Keegan. I wish I'd love if he was here.
0: But do another one with him. I yeah, wanted yeah. to dig into your path. And, uh, right.
1: and ten minutes after I came back from Kundalini Yoga teacher training, uh, ten days after I met him, ten months after Kalsi was done. I mean, that's how powerful Kundalini Yoga is. It's so, a little what shout out to Keegan. <laughs> What, what I do Kundalini Yoga? Yeah, what did well, you do that, we,
0: that period of time that was so transformational that turned you into some turns it like, sounds like you're procrastinating and a bit unbi- unable to get something done to a, a man that was able to create these Yeah, things. I mean, part what, of it is, what is did you do? teacher
1: trains 23, 20. I mean, if you just do Kundalini, I just did, a, uh, I was asking if you were going to go to it. Um, It was called Satnam Fest. If you just do oh, Kundalini yeah. Yoga for three days in a row, twice a day, you're gonna be just. You're gonna be activated. It's like the, one of the only yogas where they say you can literally transform almost your DNA structure of 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 realigning your alignment to manifesting. Rather than in traditional yoga, it's Om, Om. It's the sound of the universe. What it is, Aum is the creation of the universe. So so in Kundalini yoga, it's Om, and so something about that. It's all about these these exercises mixing Kriya with chanting. And you can specifically like surgically say, I want this for this and I'm going to do this for 40 days and I'm going to start raising my Kundalini. So a lot of us operate, especially feeding meat and dairy. It's another topic. You're operating around your first and second chakras. It's your, when you're when eating blood and flesh, you're, you're, you that's, that's survival. You know, it's that same, you know, the 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 black tantric of of pornography and sex. It's that first. It can be good too, uh, for with with not that, but I mean, these these survival instincts. But when you do on a day to day basis, you're operating this level when uh, uh, of of down here. When you're doing Kundalini yoga, you start rising up and then just being more of a you know balanced person. I think that's what happened to me after 23 days, waking up at 3:30 in the morning, jumping in the Ganga River. 12 hours later, studying and doing kundalini yoga for 23 straight days. Was like... Pfft.
0: What sort of ones were you doing? You were doing like, sort of, you're doing like a, a lot of breath of fire, a lot of uh, seated postures, yeah. and then doing long meditations and chants and stuff. You? Yeah.
1: Like the best one, a great one that's easy to do, anyone can do, is the one where you, you go like this, sit on your knees, and it's called the Satnam Kriya. And that's one you can easily do for 40 days. You can do it for only 11 minutes a day, and after 40 days, I swear, you're... Uh, you're, you're, you are you're will definitely feel feel it. and it's you the do one this,
0: where you put your you, hands above your head, huh? You'll sut. As if you're firing nom. an imaginary gun with yeah. your two index fingers joined.
1: And then sut coming through your, like, the second chakra, coming up and visualize it coming out through your third eye. And what's this doing is sut. Nam is truth is my identity. Truth, nam, bowing down to the truth of whatever that truth is. And so essentially you're raising up is kundalini that's been dormant and you're just more balanced throughout your chakras I and mean, it sounds kind of you know hokey but it really works and that's the thing i didn't really believe in this stuff until you do and you're like wow this is really true and one of the, the highlights of the 30-day training we did this for 62 minutes
0: so,
1: um, so without without once do, uh letting your arms down
0: what did you feel like
1: i mean that's the thing too it helps so much is that when you're when you're doing these exercises it's, you have to go in neutral and being able to put your your mind into neutral is such a powerful thing. Like if you're you know, flying to the UK or doing anything, and you have that ability to put it in neutral, when you put in neutral, you can kind of tap into these other sources where it's coming in. So it just kind of, that's what it is. You can't think about doing this for 62 minutes. So yeah. eventually it's just, and you can't do it right away. It's something we built up to, but... Something about it helped me.
0: At the beginning, you might just be going, oh, my hands are up in the air. I hate this. Oh, yeah. It's boring. I don't like going, suck, no, no, no. Yeah, I, yeah, I hate doing this. I hate it. It's boring. And then eventually you think, oh, I'm just going to have to stop thinking. Or one of the things I notice is I just think, oh, in this moment, sat." In this moment, no. In this <laughs> yeah. moment, sat. Yeah. In this moment, no. Instead of narrativizing and recalling and building, I've been doing this for bloody ages now. Just continually be in the moment. And sometimes with running, I used to think, well, can you do one more footstep? Well, what about one more yeah, footstep? Yeah, yeah. Well, what gears. about one more? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like It's never really actually now. Most of the time, I want to stop doing whatever the hell it is I'm doing. Like, say I'm at work, I think, oh, fuck this, man. When's this going to be over, this shit? And then, like, I go home, I'm not doing anything better anyway. And <laughs> I, I sort of think, just be where you are, be where you are. So, that Kundalini, it sort of, you feel like it gave you access to resources that were within you, but you were not previously accessing. I mean,
1: if I had to sum up in word being in alignment, being in alignment with, I had a, I had a pretty specific purpose of wanting to specifically at that time make that film. So it was just kind of like, duh, 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 duh. it was in alignment with, you know, whatever that is in alignment with that made everything much easier tapping into I met him seven days after, you know, some of it's beyond things that we can even describe how it happens. But I feel, yeah, tapping into something, I was in alignment of where I was at the right time. Uh, and it just making it happen.
0: So you what's your mission now continue make films or are you thinking about establishing a community somewhere?
1: um well make a few more films and maybe uh working on a few more films can't really talk about too much right now and then other than that why well, because
0: they're top secret top secret can
1: you tell us who secret,
0: you're making them better. for what, what platform i literally
1: can't even say what i'm making for <laughs> yeah. so that's secret. how secret it is is
0: it bin laden <laughs> <laughs>
1: no nah, no but then after that honestly it's going to be uh it's going to be uh relaxing and i don't know i've been it's been pretty intense few years uh like i've you know i've um, I haven't been on Not that I do much Social media or anything But with With these films coming out And other things working on I haven't really said this publicly But I'll say it right now Just because I feel Whatever reason I felt It would be good It's uh, You know When you're talking about These industries They're very powerful And people always ask me Like you ever scared And this and that And like yeah You're scared And Cowspiracy We kind of go into that It's a true story Of us putting down the cameras Because a couple of people We talk to It's like you know This is an industry And and, and what the hell not only talking about animal agriculture industry, an industry that's killing, you know, 70 billion animals, a 10 times amount of humans on the planet every single year. But it's a pharmaceutical industry and the government, these things. And so it is a little bit nerve wracking. And all we're doing is presenting the truth. I'm not even against anyone. I'm not. Again, my family comes from this lineage. I'm very empathetic. Mm. And so I just want to get this the truth out in the best way you way, But, um, you know, after making that film, it was, was, came back when What the Health premiered in New York and L.A. It came back and my home was completely ransacked. And that's where it's like, it, was it, it? you know, it ransacked right out of a movie, right out of a movie. Like and everything was all over the place. And the only thing that was still there was anything of value. So I was doing some virtual reality stuff with Keegan and they put anything of value and purposely placed it so I could see it. Everything else was just it's like, we're not here for anything of value. And they that's just a took. Good mind fuck. Yeah. And they just took two, uh, two computers. And so that's another reason. It's like, uh,
0: anything. I think valued, after this, like, chill a little there. bit,
1: you know, it's like relax. <laughs> You've
0: got love in your life? What's that? Uh, like a, part a conventional partner type deal?
1: Um, it's pri- private of talking about those things.
0: Do you keep that out. Yeah, yeah. And How come? Uh,
1: uh, well, everything, too, is like... Uh, I mean, one of the reasons is talking about this, these things. Like, I don't, you know, being a, th- ah. a... Just everything, yeah. I mean, that's another reason after some films more just... Being just chilling and not like... Uh, not that I'm in the... In, in You know, I don't do too much public things, but... You know, I never intended things to other than make some films and didn't reveal the truth. Cowspiracy was made just because I was mad at... Pissed off at Greenpeace and Sierra Club. That was it. It wasn't even any, like... Holier than thou thing. It was just uh, that I was mad at them, so I stay kind of private these days. Of uh, you know, just kind of do my own thing, and then after that, we'll we'll see. I want to do maybe a comedy. Maybe we can do a comedy together. something just pure funny stuff.
0: Yeah. What do you mean, like scripted or still? <laughs> yeah. I want to do maybe
1: narrative stuff that I, I like because I love filmmaking. That's the thing. Where it gets lost in these conversations. Like I love films more than anything. I was making films more than being an activist. I was, you know, film want to be a filmmaker since I was twelve.
0: What sort of stuff are you into?
1: Uh, I love things that kind of go on themselves. Like anything that turns inside themselves, like Usual Suspects. That you don't mm. know that happens till the very end. And that's I'm, cool. Yeah. So I wrote in a few of those that also incorporate some comedy of some underlying comedy a little bit of activism but not too much so but then written a couple of fun narratives that that are fun like that you don't really know what's going on until the very end it's like whoa big reveal so it's more narrative and fun stuff and so we'll see.
0: Yeah, that's the kind of thing that I'm into also. I like the idea of doing some more sort of scripted thing. I suppose that like with horror as a genre or suspense films, like I was thinking oh, for ages I used to think about, oh, the reason Rosemary's Baby is a good film is because you, like, you don't know the consciousness of a person that you live with intimately. That's the horror of it. The horror is the person you're in love with could actually literally be in league with the devil and you wouldn't know. You can't know the inner life of another person.
1: What's interesting being bringing that back to the animals thing is that the <laughs> bring back is on is humane farming is a funny one. People are like, "Oh, humane farming. It's okay to do humane farming uh to where we, you know, we love our animals and treat them well. One, they're they're killed at the equivalent of a like a 5 or 6-year-old if it's a human. Two, it's the Hansel and Gretel story. Exactly what you're saying. The reason why Hansel and Gretel is probably the most powerful children's nursery story of all time. Is because it's a story of, like you said, the rosemary. It's a story of betrayal. Not only is someone killing someone they don't know, they're pretending to love someone, and then they kill. So this animal that's being thought that they're being loved, not only is he going to the slaughterhouse and the trauma of that, the last thought in his head is like the betrayal of I thought this person loved me, and that's the that's the bizarrety of that's a word of of humane farming. That uh, kind of brings, ties that back into that.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, it's still, like, we're pretty resolute with the old institutional ways, but I think about it, I suppose, myself. There's a lot of things that, is it just laziness? Is it just ha- habit we fall into patterns, you know, like with the basic? I find it hard to, as an individual, be the person I want to be sometimes with just simple things like, look, someone's, people have already told me, fucking recycle. <laughs> I've had that explained, you know, and I'm still like, oh, God, have I got a risk? Like, I mean, there's, there's this sort of inertia. There's this apathy. There's this sense of like we are detached from power systems. This is why I feel that, you know, like once you're, once Kip, you start down this road you're in, I mean, how can you make these fucking films, make the, you know, like, and oh, I'm going with you, man. I'm going with like, you know, what was you know, that you're telling the truth, you know, even though like, this is the counter argument page of like, you know. Well, please, let's,
1: de- let's please have them debate us. Anyway, we're, we're looking You're up for, for debating anybody. Well, I'd, not I'd, I'd me, like but... to host that debate. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> and, but
0: like, uh, I think I could be neutral. Uh, like, um. It, you know, like, I feel like, how can, like, some? that's what I feel like myself, I go under the sort of bridge at Gower Street, and there's homeless people there, I go Skid Row, and I feel like, like, how am I still giving a shit about these fucking sneakers, but I am still giving a shit about these sneakers, like, you know, like, what is the reality, who am I, if I'm not, like, you know, I don't want those people to be homeless under Gower Street, why are you, like, you know, like, the, to tap into a bit of the Christianity energy. Jesus, like, uh, apart from his obsession with veganism (laughs) that you've you've unearthed, uh, Jesus, like, will be all about, like... uh... Listen, don't do no other shit. Get out there, help them. Stop wanking around worrying about whether or not you can make some movies or whether or not you might get a role in this film or that film or to develop your 12-step recovery ideology so it can be something that infiltrates out and becomes a broader philosophy. Just go there now and help those people. Feel like you've got spare rooms in your house. Fill the fucking spare rooms of your house with homeless people. Act on the knowledge you have. Act on the knowledge you have but man i find that tricky kip
1: i do too i do too i mean for me you know i was been vegan 12 years ago into these some some of these conferences looking to help animals in a way that helps environment and all these things of passing out flyers and this is like you know i'm not feeling it but I love movies. I love films. So you're doing it in your own way with podcasts, with talking to people, with writing books. So it's like really find your voice of what you enjoy to do so you can at least enjoy it rather than like, I don't really want 12 people, the homeless people, let's get of <laughs> Okay, well, then how about write a book or how about help in some other way? that. But you don't know. you
0: think that's the same as? you know Greenpeace or like the, your problem with Greenpeace is like well we want to feel like we're out you know by an oil rig or fucking with a, like a wow harpoon mission but the fact is we're funded by people that support these things and we can't give up that funding so the whole thing becomes just a theater
1: yeah well I mean if you're telling like saying help with the homeless people and you're telling other people to give you money because homeless people really it's because they're homeless because they don't you know, some abstract thing where it's not the main cause of what they are. Now you're misleading people. So, so for example, Greenpeace, you go, or, or let's say Sierra Club or one of these other ones, you go on the website to see there are people, they're the ones who are supposed to be telling us what is the main thing that's happened to our planet and what can we do. And when they divert us to that, to say not do plastic straws or go against this dam, it's like going to a house and they're 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 showing you around this this house and saying, okay, this window's cracked and here's a lo- leaky faucet and you know look at this, give me money for this needs to be fixed, this doorknob. And it's like there's a bonfire in the middle of the house that why aren't you talking about this one? And the diversion of attention and money, I feel in a way is almost more detrimental and they do incredible good stuff. I'm not saying that, but in the big picture, that's how urgent this topic is. I feel when you divert the you know, these the these these the money and the the social influence and the people to these other side things and not talk it. That's dangerous. That's dangerous.
0: And why is that happening again?
1: Uh, because it's happening because it's a win campaign. Like in Cal seriously we go over that? They, they think this is a win campaign if we say give us money to stop this dam, and we're going to stop this dam because okay, a dam in the Amazon. Okay, yeah, I'll give you money for this. But it's like our, our, our no to plastic straws. Okay, a no to plastic straws. But it's do not eat meat and dairy uh, and not fish because this is the number one. Whoa, now you're talking about something I do every day. That's something. That's a real thing. It's not me giving you twenty dollars once a month. That's an actual transfer, the change within me that I have to do, and most people don't want to hear it, so they, they have to do these things called win campaigns, and they do studies on what to win.
0: I suppose they would say that's their job, isn't it. They'd say, look, well, this is you know, we're just doing what Greenpeace do. You know, that's our that's our gig, and uh, you know, I'm very curious at the end of the thing just to see like the how frustrated that dude was. How do you get clearance to use that uh, guy at the, the end of uh, what the health? The diabetes? Know?
1: Uh-huh. I mean, he signed a release. And right. I mean, we, we we go to these interviews really thinking that he's going to talk about diet. It's not like we went we're going to ask him about diet and he's going to go up and walk away. We thought he would talk about it and help.
0: You think he would go like, Just well, like, you know, we don't you, eat you, it. You have some
1: good points. There is a correlation between a plant-based diet. It's actually one of the best studies that I've, I've done. It's a plant, whole foods, plant-based diet, low oil, low sugar is can reverse diabetes that's a good point we're just finding out about this i'll look into it um you yeah, know made a good point why
0: do you think it did fuck him up so much because of the funding
1: i don't know i mean we really were shocked that was at the very beginning of the film other knows when you stepped up and walk away we're like you just made the trailer though thank you yeah. <laughs> like don't you know like 101 is to not do that but i don't know we, we you know it's i don't know really what it was I don't think maybe whether he was getting paid or not or I I really don't know it's kind of weird a lot of it's it's interesting too with this whole it's not like it's always about money it's about when you're talking to an environmentalist on the street or they're going to these protests and they're saying I mean there is it's not that they're getting money from it. It's that It's a personal attachment that you're saying, okay, I'm doing something wrong, and not only that, but it's a cultural thing. It's a society thing. I was taught to eat mean dairy, and animals from my parents. Now, are you saying my parents are wrong? The way they were, they taught me, you're saying my family upbringing was wrong? Because if this was wrong, then that they raised me wrong. You know, so it's what a little is deeper wrong? than. Suppose
0: they should have, have been doing the blowjobs. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: like what else? It's it's a deep. Uh, a little more deep than just quitting sugar like sugar that's an easy one to say now to you about.
0: if you think of how like food is ritualized you know sort of in pagan societies the temic societies that there's that what about low when you think back to this country prior to european colonization the native people of this country that would eat the buffalo worship the buffalo follow the buffalo around would you be going oi Stop it. <laughs> no, no.
1: People ask us that about the indigenous, you know, these indigenous and tribes in the rainforest Amazon. It's like, I don't think they have Netflix. <laughs> like, <laughs> and that is absolutely not who we're saying. They are living maybe in <laughs> harmony with them. And these people a thousand years ago, we actually just recently interviewed one of the uh, leading indigenous activists in the U.S. Uh, his name is John Nash, incredible person. Um, we asked him that question and he said, you know, in the time we live in, it's not an argument. Back then, even say, you know, 200 years ago, 100 years ago, we had 1.5 billion people. Maybe maybe grass-fed beef even would do that, regardless of any, you honor the cow. With the times we live in, to say that you are defending this by that, you have some relationship to an indigenous Native American that worshipped a buffalo, and you weren't didn't do something like be on the front of a magazine holding it under and saying, like, I'm tough because I shot this with my 20th century you know, dart where, and, and being proud about it, it's honoring it, honoring that animal that, you know, thank you and and no ego involved, no, that it's higher than now it's providing and that was hundreds of years ago and but right now with this many people we just can't do it
0: you know individual conversion is one thing you know but oh yeah and that's a point i was going to make is yes of course it is ridiculous to suggest that we have a literal connection to the totemic ideology of some sort of you know uh tribe that lived off buffalo but we do still have the same impulse like you said you're saying my mum and dad were wrong to get me eating cheeseburgers. you know that's the same sort of thing this is our ancestor worship this is our connection this is who we are you're asking people to give Up, you know, like the barbecue is like sort of an Australian ritual, an American ritual, even a UK ritual in some senses, like the cooking of flesh outdoors and all that kind of stuff. You're asking people to sort of, in a sense, dislocate and relocate things that make them who they are. And the reason I agree with you that. You know, if we were starting from square one now, start planet Earth now, you wouldn't go, set up a big agricultural industry, loads of slaughterhouses, and you know, you'd go, right, well, what's the healthiest thing for human beings to eat? What's the least eco- ecological damage we can do? What's the fairest? But, you know, but on that day one, you know, the day one reset planet Earth ideology, the number one thing you would probably change is, in a, for me, see, like, we all have our own rubric, we all have our own lens. I feel like the things that's important is change the consciousness of individuals so that they recognise primarily they are part of a cohesive system they're not just individuals and two do not allow inequality to get out of hand you know because i feel that if you do those things everything else will take care you know like when people are awakened they don't want to have the blood of animals and other people on their hands anymore you know so i agree with you you're clearly right but i guess we're gonna have to find ways of being uh amenable to other people's perspectives
1: yeah and you do a good job of that you did great on joe and i i've i've been better over the years but sometimes i you know it's it's i love a really good thing to do is just asking questions you know just asking questions to explore because at the end of the day, we're all doing the best we can. I've been there, you know, we've all been there in different parts and it's just, it's just, everyone's doing the best we can. And, um, I'll say one thing about with the hunting and kind of people, again, that we get kind of, uh, feedback or, or trying to refute the film is what, you know, local is local. Okay. It's like, well, how local do you want to go? Do you want to have this cow, try having a, a sheep or a cow live in your yard and see how fast he'll clear out everything in that yard where no other plant can live and your garden's gone and nothing can live. And then how local do you want it? Do you want it local enough where you know the person, the, the animal's name? Do you want it local enough where you are the one doing the killing? You know, how local do you want this? So the whole local thing is kind of a funny thing where, um, like, do you really want it local or do you want it a little bit removed? And I think at the end of the day, they want it removed because they don't want to look in the animal and, you know, and, and know it too well. Yes. It's a funny thing. Well, then
0: it's sort of... This reminds me then of the James Baldwin quote that the category of Negro is created because of the dominant culture's inability to own their own shadow. When people... Like, what is it in us that allows this to happen? Where we are now technologically... Where were you know like you know the culture needed an oppressed class an oppressed class that could be condemned as over sexualized more like an animal lazy all of the things that are composite within any individual all cast out onto the uh, onto the subjugated class with something like uh, this it's almost like right we live in this sort of potential technological utopia. But there seems to be certain things that are, if not hardwired into human beings, are um, what do I want to say integrated into the way we are. I wonder if we could, as best as possible, replicate the conditions that human beings are designed to live in. Small groups. We eat these things at this time of year. We are connected to our environment. We are connected to one another. You know, it seems like that. The key issue is unconsciousness, unconsciousness as in unawareness, unconsciousness as in unawakeness. We're not aware of what's going on. I go unconscious several times a day. Do you know what I mean? Like if I'm uncomfortable in my environment, like even my own house with my own family, I sort of of find myself shut down, switch off, stare at phone. I'm suddenly no longer present. I can't bear to be in that present and awakened state. These are the times where I'm likely to eat dumb food, do dumb stuff. You know, and I think we have a whole culture of people that are continually invited to enter into that state of unawareness and unconsciousness.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're all... Doing the, I guess uh, that's what I was saying doing the best I can by no means uh, you know I, I've got a lot of work to do I mean I'm yeah. just starting to make films and do to try to reveal the truth interview uh, talk to some good people just like you do and just to make myself better to live like you say in harmony it, it's best to be with other uh, other people and the rest of the planet I mean that's all we can do really
0: you're gonna have people that argue with you in your films it's hard to get people to argue with you, isn't it? Not like I mean I know you, you you confront people, but say like I always want to talk to people that I don't agree with, but it's, people say oh, don't get them on. You're giving them a platform. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, I want to talk to them, <laughs>
1: and I feel it's good too because it you, you might you know you might find something out where they do have a valid point, um, but again that's kind of was putting out this these public debates. It's you see these here's a YouTube video and here's a YouTube video. Just once and for all, can we just settle this through? <laughs> That's why I kind of like the, the money thing, the monetary thing where it's $100,000. Like, no more talking about it. Let's just do a, a, an actual scientific study data where we have. there's a ton of data already done. But just once and for all, let's just put it out there, whether it's through a discussion, an open discussion, uh, or uh, scientifical study.
0: So you would definitely raise kids vegan from the get go. You think it would be madness to introduce meat and dairy products into their? Lives. Well, it's
1: funny about eggs. You keep bringing my eggs. Is that was the last thing to go for me? Eggs and cheese. Eggs. If you remember in the film, the USDA, who works in collaboration. I mean, they're 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 friends with these industries. The USDA, you cannot put on a box of eggs. It could be cage free organic eggs. You can't put nutritional. You can't put they're healthy you cannot even put the word safe. That... You can't put the word that eggs are safe. Like, how crazy that is that? That blew me away. Yeah, no, that right. blew me away. Like, that's the thing. When we were making the film, I was like, what? Is this true? We didn't believe some of these things.
0: So that's why there's all these crazy slogans like, eggs, they're a type of food. Yeah, exactly.
1: That's <laughs> why because I literally went back and I was like, well, what have they been saying the whole time? They... We're excellent. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, you can say they're excellent. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Is it spelled with a G? Yeah yeah, 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 cool, cool. Yeah, exactly.
0: Can't say they're excellent though because they're fucking not. Yeah. right. Well, so I'd you're saying- say
1: the main. Well, I'd say the main thing with kids is. Dairy is the one like if you could somehow raise your child and not be off the dairy I mean the dairy is you know has a castle morphine's in it, you know in the film a, a breast milk has castle morphine's castle morphine's and And what it is it's designed to have your your child come back and wanting to be fed It's you know something that nature did this well a cow is a thousand-pound Animal that's trying to have their baby grow as fast as they can so the amount of caseins in it is, okay, I have not know my numbers right now, but it's like seven times as much casein as it would be in humus breast milk. So you're eating this concentrated breast milk from a cow that has all these growth hormones in it. People are like, oh, what about soy? As you know, these hormones is like, this cows the entire thing is a hormonal fluid it's, that's literally what it is <laughs> oh. but i may mean, I go on and though but offer i would some say hormonal
0: fluid in wait, your coffee uh, yeah. um yes <laughs> <laughs> and then the, and we
1: won't talk about the cow pus you know cheese is one of the doctors collagulated collagulated cow pus that's what it is but, delicious uh, that's cow what he pus. It. i didn't say that he said it but that was a, the toughest one for me i was a hardcore cheeseaholic and now you know, it was 12 years ago. Now we can have all these incredible cheeses and I forget what cheese even tastes like. So I'm like to my friends, well, wow, this just tastes exactly like cheese. It's even better. And he says, like, ah, oh, not really. Like, well, I can't even remember, you know.
0: If you do but, eat a little bit of cheese by mistake, and that's how it would have happened. Like uh, it, you feel snot. I, that's what I feel like immediately. You feel is. like the sinus. You feel like this isn't, shouldn't be, you know, the respiratory uh, system and uh, you, mastication can't break that down well.
1: No, no, exactly. You would never
0: be in any indigenous Any of diarrhea.
1: I had, uh, you know, most of us even, uh, you know, fully northern European white lineage are lactose intolerant. So right, uh, a year ago when we went to India, I thought it was little tofu cubes and it turned out to be little things of paneer. That little amount, you know, there's probably about 12 of them. I was had diarrhea. For you know five days on that little amount, like that is how much our body does not create the dairy, and you know me so, you know it's kind of scary. Dairy, dairy. It, there's a there's a little video called someone did, I can't remember name. Dairy is scary, and that kind of sums up on the YouTube. It's right. a good
0: one. My mate Simon's film was carnage. Just remember, yeah, it. that was that good was all right, hey, nice one. We did really well in this hot, hot little room, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Kept our energy quite cool. manageable. You're very good at managing your energy anywhere. For You're very good at not getting uh, antagonized. It seems to me, anyway.
1: Uh, do my best. Mm. <laughs> no, nice one. Well, it's, it. it's
0: lovely to meet you. Thank you for explaining all of that. It was, it was really good. I hope we get to chat yeah, to talk more. Th-
1: thank you so much. Really appreciate nice, it. Man.
0: Cheers, kid. Cheers. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you uh, want to get in touch with me, and tell me what you thought of it directly. You can uh, tag me uh, uh, on Instagram, True Russell Brand, that's spelled T R E W, or you can tweet me at Rusty Rockets with the hashtag under the skin. Or you can discover where I live and just write it in chalk on the pavement just outside. In the meantime, have a listen back to some Gracie Brother episodes. That's one of the episodes, there's not numerous ones. Or Tony Howard talking about Shakespeare. There's loads of episodes. And next week, Brene Brown. He's going to be coming on the podcast. You're the first people to know. Keep it to yourself. We're going to be really, really pushing it. So tell people to subscribe to Luminary for Brene Brown alone. Check out her Netflix special on Vulnerability. Check out my Netflix special, Rebirth. Follow me on social media. Keep looking at RussellBrand.com and my social media platforms if you want to know how to see me live. Remember, I'm in Calgary tonight. If you want to come, go to RussellBrand.com and see me. Raising money for a uh, a recovery centre, I believe is what's happening. I mean, I just go there and do my level best. Thank you very much for listening to Under the Skin from Luminary Media.